0: Who in here would say that you want to be happy? Yeah, 100% the affirmative and not just temporary happiness, right? But a sustained, lasting happiness. Yes, our answer to this question is yes. And our lifestyle reflects our commitment to living in a happy way. Americans are constantly looking for new experience in our lives to add to our happiness or to sustain our happiness. We travel, we take up hobbies, we read books, we watch movies, we play games, spend time outside. We do all sorts of things to try to bring a little bit of extra joy or happiness into our lives. And yet, Americans also are more unhappy today than they have been in the last 50 years, according to recent surveys. Despite our resources, and we spend a lot of money on leisure activities. Despite how wor- how small the world has become, we are becoming increasingly unhappy and increasing, increasing increasingly isolated. It seems like the more we try to find happiness in this world, the more diminished. The returns are. But I want to argue this morning that that's a good thing. That it's actually a grace of God to us, sewn into the fabric of His creation, to help us see where true happiness is found and where it is not found. Over the next several weeks, we will be studying the Psalms. And the Psalms are part of, part of what we call the wisdom literature of the Bible. And they're considered wisdom literature because they offer inspired insight into the reality of God and his creation. And as a result of that, they are uniquely beneficial to us as we consider where happiness is found. And here's what they offer us. In accordance with all the wisdom of scripture, true happiness, true delight, true joy are only found in God. And the tastes of happiness that we are able to experience here within creation are not meant to be ends in and of themselves. They are meant to point us to the greater and true source of happiness, God, who is the end of all things. This morning, Psalm chapter one calls us to live in wisdom as we pursue happiness. And here's our main point. Happiness is found when we live for God in accordance with his design. If you truly want to be happy, if that's a pursuit you want to be about in your life, you need to pursue God and godliness through his word. That is the true secret to happiness. Let's hear the testimony of scripture this morning, Psalm chapter one. Here's what the Bible says. Blessed is the man or a woman, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so. They're like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked, they will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The Bible says in Psalm chapter one that there are basically two types of people in this world, only two with two very different ends. On the one hand, there are the blessed, the happy, the righteous, the fruitful. And on the other hand, there are the condemned the unsatisfied, the the wicked, the empty. Now we've already established that all of us want to be considered a part of that first group because who would willingly choose to be a part of the condemned, unsatisfied, wicked, or empty? But the question now is how? How is it that we can rightly pursue happiness and be a part of this group of people who are called by God blessed? Well, I've got good news for you this morning. If you are worried or concerned about the answer to that question because the psalmist tells us here how to find true happiness as he offers several characteristics of those who are truly happy. And here is the first. The truly happy person delights in the law of the Lord because it leads to delighting in God. A truly happy person, according to to scripture, delights in the law of the Lord because that leads to delighting in God. Look at verse one with me. The Bible says, blessed is the man. And that word blessed is a word that should grab our attention because in the the language of the Old Testament, that word is, is better translated happy. And if we're looking for happy, here it is. So, okay, well, tell me what I gotta do. What am I, what am I looking for to be happy in the way the Bible says we are to be happy? And the psalmist tells us that blessing, those who are blessed, those who are truly happy, delight in the law of the Lord. That somehow happiness is tied to delighting in the law of the Lord. There's pleasure, great pleasure for us in the law of the Lord. Now, the psalmist is specifically speaking about the Pentateuch here, and those are the first five books of the Bible. But the truth of what he is saying could be applied to all of God's revealed word, all of his instruction. Now, that may seem like a hard thing to do, to delight in instruction. Now, listen, I can delight in brownies. Anybody? I can delight in hiking the mountains of North Carolina. I can delight in jet skiing on a Saturday, but delighting in instruction seems like a hard thing to do. How how can I find great life altering pleasure in the law of the Lord? Well, it's mainly because of this glorious reason. The law of the Lord reveals the Lord. Delighting in the law of the Lord leads to delighting in God himself. Because the law is revelation of God to us. The more we learn about the law, the more we learn about God. That's part of the gift of the word of God. Through the law, think about what God reveals about himself and his character. He reveals his holiness. He reveals his righteousness. He reveals his grace and his mercy. He shows us the covenant love that he has for his people. These are all aspects of who God is that we would not know apart from the, the word that he has offered to us in scripture See, delighting in the law helps us to be obedient to another Psalm, Psalm chapter 37, verse four. And that Psalm says this, Delight yourself in the law, uh, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Because those will be desires that are shaped by a greater delight in God that is found when we encounter Him through His Word. The truly happy person delights in the law of the Lord because it leads to a greater delight in God Himself. Secondly, the truly happy person meditates on the law of the Lord because it helps them and us as the people of God walk in the way of righteousness. I've said this often. I hope you have heard it and that you believe it. We were created to bring glory to God. In fact, the Westminster Confession, which is an historic Christian document, says that we were created to glorify God and enjoy him forever. One of my favorite pastors in America, his name is John Piper, changes that a little bit and says, we were created to glorify God by enjoying him forever. And in fact, when we don't enjoy God, it makes him look defective, which is the opposite of bringing glory to him. Now listen, if this is why we were created to glorify God, that it makes sense then that when we live in a way that is pleasing to God, it will bring pleasure to us because it fulfills part of God's design. And as we live in accordance with God's design, the happier we will be. I hope that you have seen this to be true in your life, that the closer you are to God, the happier you are. The more you live in accordance with his design, the greater joy you will find in your life. To be truly happy then, we need not only read God's word, his law and his instruction, we also need to meditate on it, to sit in it, to allow the spirit of God to use it to reshape our thinking about this world and where true happiness is found, to remind us where true blessing is found. Think about how the, the word of God could work in a situation like this. Let's, let's consider Psalm chapter 19, verse one. And here's what that, that verse says. The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. Now, many of us this summer will go to the beach. How many of you are going to the beach this summer to enjoy God's creation, beautiful views, now, inevitably, when you're at the beach, you're probably gonna have a night when you go walk on the beach and you wanna see the sunset, right? Because the colors, the, the view over the water, there's just something very special and beautiful about that. But what the... The word of God helps, though, is to increase the joy of that moment by remembering where true joy is found. It reminds us, from Psalm 19, verse 1, that everything we're witnessing in creation, the sky, the ocean, the breeze, the sunset, all of that is meant to proclaim the glory of God. They are actively declaring the handiwork of God. And as we enjoy the beauty of that moment, it's meant to point us to the greater beauty of God himself, which enhances the joy of that moment and gives us something that we take with us even as we leave the beach and come back to the reality here of also beautiful Raleigh, North Carolina. It's a gift, God's word, to help us see more of God and to give him more glory. And that is the way of the righteous. That's a way to increase our happiness. And then thirdly, the third characteristic that the psalmist tells us of the truly happy is the truly happy person is rooted in the law of the Lord because it helps them stand in the midst of trouble. I think one of the most beautiful images of the Bible is the image of those who are truly blessed offered here in Psalm chapter one. The Bible says that those who are truly happy, who delight in the law of the Lord, this is verse three, are like trees deeply rooted in the ground that have a a constant source of sustenance from a stream running beside them that is always flowing. And these trees are healthy. They produce godly fruit, joy, because of where they are planted. And even when the wind blows, even when the difficulties of this life come and the chaff are, are blown away, the wicked are blown away Those who are planted by this stream stand. And it's a reminder to us, church, that true happiness, the kind of happiness the Bible is talking about here, is not meant to be fleeting. It's not meant to be built on circumstance because circumstances change. True, sustained happiness is found in something that is unchanging or or someone that is unchanging our God. And when we find true happiness from a true joy and contentment rooted in the Lord, there is nothing that can take that away from us. Not job situations, not financial hardships, not health difficulties, not even death itself. And this is the kind of happiness that we should be pursuing. It's the kind of happiness that is offered in the Lord. The truly happy delight in the law of the Lord, the truly happy meditate on it, and the truly happy root their life in it for God's glory and our good. Now, let me just affirm in you, Jesus shows us the promise of Psalm 1 to be true, and he's our ultimate example. Jesus delighted in the law of the Lord. His whole ministry was to be a fulfillment of the law. Matthew 5, 17, Jesus says, don't think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Nobody knew the law better than Jesus. Nobody knew the father better than the son. And he is showing us that true fulfillment, true contentment are found through the law as it leads us to the Father. Jesus meditated on the law of the Lord. Remember uh, the temptation of Christ that we looked at in Matthew chapter 4? Satan's attempting to deceive Jesus by manipulating God's word. How is it that Jesus responds? He responds using the word of God. He doesn't have a scroll there or a Bible there with him. No, he stored it in his mind to use as a weapon against the enemy, ready to help him by the Spirit's power to continue to live in a manner that was pleasing to God. The truth of the instruction of God was a guide and a defense for Jesus in this moment of temptation. And finally, he was rooted in the law or the instruction of the Lord, even in the midst of trouble. As he prayed in the garden, not my will, but your will be done, O God. Because he knew that the most incredible blessing, the most incredible blessing would flow through his obedience, even if it was costly obedience. Christ's faithfulness to the law, his fulfillment of the law, only serves to strengthen our ability to delight in the law of the Lord. His work strengthens the author offer of happiness to us because Jesus is the true word of God. And he perfectly reveals the Father. He perfectly reveals the way to live in a manner pleasing to him. If the law... If the law offers a promise of blessing from Psalm chapter 1, Christ only increases and enhances that promise of blessing because in Jesus, we have fellowship with the Father and are rooted in the Spirit to stand firm for God's glory. Blessing is truly ours when we delight in the Word, when we delight in Christ as the fulfillment of the law because in Him, we are made righteous. In Him, we are made blessed. In him, we are made happy. We aren't just given the expectation or offered the the promise without the empowerment. We are empowered to live in God's blessing through Jesus. Now, the way of the wicked is not so. There's another aspect of this psalm that we have to consider, what the psalmist says about the wicked. What's sad about us as broken human beings is that we often think the way of the wicked is what leads to true happiness. But how often have we seen, friends, that the joy that this world offers is temporary and fleeting. And so the psalmist implores us as, as we accept and embrace the instruction of the law to reject those who are opposed to God and his law. Verse one, blessed is the man whose delight in the law is in the law of the Lord, whom on his law he meditates day and night, but who also does not stand in the counsel of the wicked. Blessed is the man who doesn't stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. The psalmist calls us to reject these. And let's consider for a moment why. We must reject the counsel of the wicked if we are to pursue true happiness. Why? Because the counsel of the wicked is contrary to God's word. The counsel of the wicked, it tells us that happiness is found outside of God. And there, listen, there are many around us who would tell us where true happiness can be found in order for them to in, increase their happiness at our expense, to make money off of us. I was reading a, a, an article earlier this week about social media influencers. Are you, around, are you aware of this phenomenon? Where people on Instagram, TikTok, they increase their followers with the hope of being able to market things to them and be able to benefit off of the marketing. I was, uh, and in this article, they said that one influencer was making up to $1 million per one sponsored post. And then saying, I, I'm not gonna tell you about this product, but here's what's happening. A lot of these Followers who are looking at these people, these influencers don't know that the people they are following are getting paid to promote it. What they've done is they've cultivated an online presence to make their life look like the life that you wanna pursue. They look like they're joy-filled, they're happy, and they're using that as a mechanism to sell something to you that you don't need and that will not benefit or will not bring about the blessing or the happiness that they are promising. In reality, these influencers are like used car salesmen I'm sorry, if there's any used car salesman in the room. I don't, I don't mean that in a. I don't mean that in a very bad. You know what I'm talking about? Like they'll sell you a lemon. And listen, there's no return for the empty promises that these influencers offer. Hear me today. Beware those who tell you happiness is found when you buy this product, or you have this surgery, or you meet this right person. Beware when they tell you that. That happiness is found outside of God because that counsel does not lead to true happiness. Maybe temporary happiness, but it's a happiness that will fade. True, lasting happiness is only found in God. We must also reject the way of sinners, the psalmist says. We gotta reject the counsel of sinners, what they say, and the way of sinners, what they do we must reject the unrighteous actions of those around us who appear to be happy because of those actions. Now listen, I know that Christianity often comes off as a religion of don'ts. And we talk about if you wanna be happy, you're gonna be faithful, you don't do this, you don't do that. And that's what we begin to focus on. And what happens is our flesh immediately responds to those don'ts with I do. I wanna start doing the thing that you tell me I can't do. And we start looking at all the people who are doing the things that we're told not to do and we think that they're happy and what they're doing is actually what's gonna make me happy. But we should realize, church family, that the boundaries God has placed upon us are a gift, a gift, a fence for our protection, a fence for our good. Consider the stories of Judah and Joseph. We just finished walking through the, the story and the life of Joseph. In the beginning of their stories, who do you think was the happier? Who do you think, if you were looking just as a, in, a, in a fleshly way, was having the most fun? The guy who went to Canaan to party with friends or the guy who was enslaved in Potiphar's house? But at the end, who was the faithful one? Who ended up being the instrument of God's blessing to his family? We can't forsake the eternal for the temporary and think that that happiness is better than the promise that Christ has given us. The gate is wide. The way is easy that leads to destruction. The gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and few find it. The don'ts that God gives lead us to the do's that actually bring us into life, blessing, and happiness. When we forsake this world and we get God, friends, we get more than we could have ever hoped for. And finally, we must reject the seat of scoffers. And this might be the most relevant word of wisdom for us today as the people of God because we live in a culture that is increasingly scoffing at the things of God. Not only do they disagree with what God has said in His Word, they demean it. They turn their nose up at it, saying it's backwards are irrelevant, and they mock those who believe the word of God in faith. They try to shame us into silence and approval of what God has said is wicked. And you know this, there are those in our culture today who would say that God's design of human beings is wrong and flawed. That what God has said about human sexuality and gender and marriage are wrong, and we need to change it. There are those in our culture who would say the sanctity of life is not as important as human freedom or individual responsibility or or individual liberty there are those who would say that not every person is of equal worth because of the color of their skin or their economic status or what country they were born in, failing to appreciate that all of us were created in the image of God. There are those in our culture who would say it's better to destroy your enemies rather than love them and forgive them. There are those who would say in our culture that God has no place in our society, in our public discourse. And those who would say those things are wrong. Church, we must not let the scoffers have a seat at the table of the church. We cannot allow what they say to become more important than what God has said. It's not good for us, and it's not good for them. Because those who scoff have believed a lie about where happiness can be found. They believe the lie that they can find happiness in the indulgence of sin and the casting off of godly restraint. But that has never led to true happiness, and it never will. I could go through a list of countless examples of human history that have looked for happiness here and have failed. It's evidence of the reality that this world is passing away because all the happiness here is passing away. No, we want something eternal And true, eternal happiness is only found in God and the things of God. We must believe this truth and we must share this truth as the church. So Bailey, can I ask us this morning in light of Psalm 1 to make some resolutions as we pursue happiness, true happiness and wisdom. Let us resolve to delight and the instruction of God's word. Let's take great pleasure in the word of God because we know that God will help us know him more through his word and that is delightful. We're gonna gather around the word of God every time we come together. We're gonna preach and teach the word faithfully because we believe that God reveals himself through this word. We're gonna follow the word and live in, in light of what the word of God says as a testament to our love for God. And let's resolve to meditate on the word of God day and night asking God to renew our minds in Christ Jesus through it which Romans 12 says is a spiritual act of worship. Let's believe, truly, that God's instruction is for our benefit. And we're gonna follow the commands of God and the example of Christ, knowing that in bringing God glory, it will increase our satisfaction and happiness in him because it aligns with why we were created. When we live in this way, it will protect us from the snare of the enemy and the empty promises of this world. And let's commit, church family, thirdly, to stand firm on the word of God in the midst of trouble. We know, we know that rains come, floods rise, and wind blows in the life of every single person in this broken and fallen world. But even though our circumstances may change, God never changes. His word never changes. And if we plant ourselves by his stream, there will be blessing in our life even in the midst of these difficult moments. And finally, let's resolve to reject the counsel of the wicked, the way of sinners, and the seat of scoffers. Rather, let's follow the example of Jesus through the power of Christ to find true happiness in Christ. We don't want to follow the way of the wicked Because there's coming a day when Christ will judge the nations. And those who are not in him, those who are not truly happy, the wicked will stand in judgment, but they will not be able to stand in the judgment. And that will be the beginning of an eternity of unhappiness. And we don't want that for you. So let me just ask those of you in the room, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, If you've never found eternal happiness that can only be found in God, the Father, through the Son, why not today reject the emptiness of this world by planting yourself in Christ through the gospel, by repenting of your sin and believing in him to salvation? In just a minute, we'll have some pastors and ministers here at the front. We'd love to encourage you and counsel you about where true happiness can be found and how to be reconnected to God through Christ. And for the rest of us who are in Jesus, let's embrace the way of wisdom for the glory of God. If you want to find true happiness, it's only found in Jesus. Amen. Wherever you are, would you bow your heads? Spend some time asking God to help us know how to respond. Again, if you've never given your life to Christ, that is the best way you can respond today. You are made for happiness and joy, you are made to find it in God. And the only way you can find God is through the Son. So if you don't know Him, let us come talk to you and pray with you today. Let's reject the foolishness of this world and embrace the promise of godly wisdom. And if you do know him, are you pursuing happiness and wisdom by delighting in the law of the Lord, meditating upon it, being rooted in it, in Christ, enjoying God? Maybe your heart's divided. You've embraced some of the foolishness of this world again. Would you just ask God to help you get that out of your life so you can pursue him faithfully? trusting that his promise is true. And let's reject those who reject God and the false promise that they offer. God, help us be a more faithful, happy, joy-filled people because of our time before your word today. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week at Bayleaf. For more information about Bayleaf Baptist Church, visit our website at bayleaf.org.